Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Locked On Jazz for the 25th of August. Time to find out what jazz beat reporter Tony Jones thinks of what the jazz have done in the offseason. Look ahead to the upcoming training camp as it's right around the corner. All right, it's not right around the corner, but it's close. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Wow, wow, that drum roll is still just as good as ever. Today's edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by Devin Cash Equity Real Estate. If you need someone to help you buy a house, go to Devin Cash and have him help you out. Also, if you buy a house with Devin, he'll get you a free pair of jazz season tickets. Call Devin at 801-759-1495. Reminder to everybody that the Locked On Podcast Network Fantasy Basketball Show with Josh Lloyd is still up and rolling all the time, so check that out. If you're an NFL fan, Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson available, as well as all of your Locked On teams, hopefully all of them here very soon, including Tony Jones' Locked On Redskins with Lake Lewis Jr. coming your direction, and Tony will now just have to spend 20 minutes of his day listening to Locked On Redskins. Tony Jones, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. And I absolutely will spend 20 minutes of my day listening to Locked on Redskins. No question about it. That's a beautiful thing. I like that. All right. So, uh, first off, how's your offseason been? What fun things have you done? Just what is it? What does a beat writer do in their little month of, of freedom here? Well, I'm currently uh, about a week into my month of freedom. Um, it was a, uh, as everybody knows, that's connected to the Jazz or roots for the Jazz. It was a very busy off season, so the first couple of months were kind of like covering another season a little bit. Uh, but now we're finally, you know, we have a chance to to come up for air or whatever. And um, I went to uh, D.C., uh, the hometown of uh, a lot of my family, and I went to a convention and. I also uh, got a chance to see my mother and my grandmother and a bunch of cousins and aunts and nephews and all of that good stuff. So um, school starting for my two daughters in a in about a week. Uh, so it's, uh, we get through this month, and it's about to be business as usual. I should point out this conversation, while airing or dropping, as they say in the podcasting world on this Octon Jazz edition, the 24th is being taped about... Uh, two weeks earlier. So if something major has happened, well, I'll probably edit it, but uh, it's not like I'm going to like Timbuktu, but I'm trying to actually be a good husband for a little while and good father and step away. So, all right, let's, uh, let's go back. I, I talked to Spencer Nelson last week and I asked him this question. I want to ask it to you as well. As you left Vivint Smart Home Arena on the final night of the year, uh, last year, uh, or actually, you probably left the Staples Center. But uh, when you when you left the final day of the year, what did you think the Jazz had to do at that time? Not with the knowledge now, but at that time in your mind, wow, they really have to do the following. 
I thought they had to get another wing. I thought they needed one more wing. Um, I am one of the bigger uh, Dante Exum believers, so I wasn't generally on board with getting another point guard. I was of the opinion that the Jazz should, you know, kind of, you know, throw the kid to the fire because there was going to be enough talent around him uh, that if all he did was defend and hit open shots, um, you know, he was going to be fine and and the Jazz were going to be fine. Um, I thought that they needed to generally overall improve the the depth uh, to the point where uh, they had a really viable bench and they could sustain some injuries. Um, But mainly I thought that they had to upgrade the wing depth and I thought that they had to uh, figure out a way to get more shooting on the roster. Uh, so those are, those are the two things that, that I thought uh, were, were, were of paramount importance uh, for the Jazz because they had such a young core and, and, and so many guys uh, in the core, uh, the, in the core, current core, that there's going to be a ton of internal growth uh, or signif- at least significant internal growth uh, among among the core, so um, I thought that there were some ancillary things that needed to be done around the core. Uh, but as we all know, um, Dennis Lindsay kind of went uh, a little further than ancillary. All right, let's go back to a comment you made. I'm a big Dante Exum believer. You said why and what is it that you believe in in regards to Dante? Well, I believe in his length, and I believe in his at the 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 relative athleticism for his length. And um, I believe uh, that he does things uh, for a point guard uh, in the way that he sees the game and that he thinks the game, uh, that by the time he's 25, I just think that he's going to be, he has a chance to be a really significant player uh, in this league. I like the way, I always like his his feel on the way he ran pick and rolls. Uh, I thought that... um, he was a guy who could get to the basket and he could finish at the rim uh, with his athleticism. Um, so I, I thought that, you know, what he needed was experience uh, and strength. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, ACL injuries were a death knell uh, 20 years ago. Uh, but in present day, uh, especially for a 19, 20 year old guy, um, you know, I, I think that, Exum could get his speed and his athleticism uh, back pretty quickly. Uh, it might take a year uh, to get it all back, but I mean, it, you know, I never thought that he was going to be a step slower for the rest of his career. So um, I thought that he just had a lot of general tools, and you know, and I thought that he has a lot of tools offensively. And as we saw in his rookie year, uh, with the way he defended, he has a chance to be a really, really good two-way player in this league. Before we do more with Tony Jones, let me take a second and talk to you about Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate, who is nice enough to sponsor today's program. Right now is a great time to sell a house. Realtors are seeing more and more buyers, and sellers are making few concessions. So the first thing you want to do is you want to get a free market analysis from Devin Cash to find out the value of your home. Call 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. Then once you have the market analysis, Devin can walk you through the process of what you can or cannot buy, what's a risk, what's not a risk. Devin really enjoys approaching this 
from the heart of a teacher. He wants his clients to feel comfortable the entire time. First time home buyers, this is obviously a brand new experience and Devin's going to walk you through it and make sure you're really comfortable. You're not dealing with secretaries or receptionists or coordinators or anything like that. You're dealing with Devin Cash himself the whole way. He'll probably want to talk jazz basketball with you as well. Also, if you use Devin Cash, he'll get you two jazz free season tickets if you buy or sell your home with Devin. So call Devin 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. Certain restrictions do apply. Call for details. Devin Cash, 801-759-1495. So I don't disagree with anything you just said. And uh, frankly, people who know the game much more than I do are huge fans of his and believe in him. And Quinn particularly just believes in who he is mentally and his smarts and all these things. But I thought, at least my opinion was, that they couldn't go into the season with him as their point guard. That they had to go get somebody. That to ask him to come off an ACL and lead this team to the playoffs as the point guard was one, too much to ask, and one too, and two, frankly, too big a risk for a franchise mm-hmm. that really needs to be a playoff team next year. And you, you felt differently than that. Yeah, I felt differently, um, but I certainly wouldn't argue um, with the other side. I mean, you know, in, in when, going back to your point, you know, it's too big a risk to ask him to lead a team to the playoffs. I am of the opinion that this is probably the most important jazz season uh, in in at least the next in, in at least the last decade. I mean, this team. Uh, with with so many significant questions coming up, uh, mainly Gordon Hayward's impending free agency, uh, had to take a step, has to take a step next year, has to take a significant step, has to turn all of that potential uh, into production because, as you and I both know, uh, potential can be a dangerous word. And, you know, you look at teams, you know, the three, four, five years running, you say, oh, they have potential, they have potential, they have potential. Well, at some point, they have to take that step. And for the Jazz, uh, that point is next year. So I think that there's going to be some significant pressure uh, just on the organization as a whole to, to and on the team as a whole to take that step, especially uh, with what we know with the roster and with, where the roster stands right now. So uh, if somebody were to make that point with me, I would agree with that. You know, I was just saying as of April 15, you know, I thought that, hey, you know, maybe point guard is not the way to go. You got to develop this kid and you got to, you know, this is your fifth pick of the 2014 draft. This is the guy uh, that, you know, you were pretty much terrible for a season for. And, you know, he's got to develop and, you you know, you got to find out who he is. So, I mean, you know, the argument can be made that you could find out a little bit about Exum in, in 20 minutes a game, which is what I think he projects to play uh, this season. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with, you know, somebody that had that's the opinion that they had to go get a point guard. And, you know, the acquisition of George Hill uh, is a good one. I mean, you can't argue against it because uh, he is the right point guard for this team in the sense that Rodney Hood – and Gordon Hayward uh, are both playmaking wings, and you know you're not going to take he, Hill's not going to take the ball uh, out of his hands, the, out of their hands, the way somebody like a Jeff Teague would. And Hill, um, you know, he's he's a jazz man, quote unquote, uh, just 
you know, with his prior relationship with the, the front office, uh, with, uh, Quinn Snyder and with, uh, Dennis Lindsay, uh, in, in the San Antonio organization. So, you know, it, it's a good move and, and it's a great move on paper, uh, because he has defense, he has shooting, he has length, and he's a guy who doesn't need the ball. I love I, the George Hill. I've been dying for George Hill for so long. I mean, the way I look at it, Tony, back to what I said a minute ago is, they had to, I really believe they had to go get a point guard. I, I just, that was, you know, too big a risk in my mind with all the things you mentioned about Gordon and the importance. And, and in the other next angle I had is I actually thought there were only two point guards they could go get. Maybe, maybe a third if you want to count Victor Oladipo, who I don't think is a point guard. But I only thought, the only guys I thought they could get were George Hill and Drew Holiday because you had to go get a guy that was big enough to be able to play with Dante. Right, so if Dante actually is, let's say, let's go. I mean, oh my gosh, I like this concept. By the way, sends me through the roof. If Dante's good, like if Dante's good, like we're talking about a totally different. Like this team is great, but if Dante's good enough that he deserves to play twenty-eight or thirty minutes a night, you can put George Hill right next to him, and they just both play together. If you have Jeff Teague or someone like that, I'm not sure you could do that with him in the same fashion, or and have Dante still develop. So I actually thought there were only two point guards you could go get. One was Drew Holiday, whose knees are questionable, and the other was George Hill. They got, like, the one guy they could go get. I think it's it blew my mind when they pulled that deal off. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I agree with you. I think that he's, I think that he's the one guy um, that the Jazz could go get. And, and, and the reason why I say this and, and what separates George Hill from Drew Holiday is, is number one, the durability, uh, which you mentioned, but number two, the shooting. I mean, George Hill is a much better shooter than Drew Holiday. I mean, he's a guy who's going to knock down threes. He's going to knock down open threes. He works the corners. Uh, he works the breaks. Uh, he, and he's a spot up guy. You know, Drew Holiday, you know, I love Drew Holiday. And the one thing I do love about Drew Holiday, uh, is his just terrific on ball defense. I mean, Drew Holiday is legitimately to me, one of the three or four best on-ball defensive point guards uh, in the league, but he's also a lot more ball in hand uh, than than George Hill is. I mean, his, you know, he he can spot up a little bit, uh, and he has played that role a little bit uh, with, with New Orleans, especially with Tyreek Evans. Um, but 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 Hill is, you know, he's just a lot more interchangeable, and you know, the the size thing is was also a factor because. You know, Quinn loves to switch everything. So, you know, you know, Jeff Teague or somebody doesn't really, uh, fit, fit that mold. Um, but, you know, George Hill fits that mold because he can switch everything because he's six foot three. Uh, he has a long wingspan and that goes with, with Dante as well. And, you know, what, what George Hill does with Dante, I mean, it just gives you a lot of interchangeable parts. I mean, there are legit, there, there are so many closing lineups. Uh, that Quinn Snyder can go to. I mean, it's going to take, I, I think it's going to take until at least December for Quinn Snyder to, to really, I don't want to say get a handle on the roster, but really, you know, find a comfort zone of what works and what doesn't because there's so many pieces to experiment with. I mean, you can play, you know, you can play Dante and George together. You can play, you know, Rodney and, and, and Gordon and Joe and, and Alec Burks together. Uh, you, you know, then you can play, uh, Boris Dial and, and Trey Lyles together. Uh, you have Derek Favors and, and Rudy Gobert. I mean, this team can go big. This team can go small. 
Uh, it can go, it can put a shooting lineup out there. It can put a defensive lineup out there. You know, I wonder if, you know, this is one of the deeper teams that we've seen in, in, in the league in terms of interchangeable parts since the 2000, uh, since the 2000 Portland Trailblazers that had all of those interchangeable parts. I mean, you know, Jimmy Jackson, who was still in his prime was, pretty much a ninth or a tenth man on that team so it's it's a it's a roster that i think that it's going to take some getting used to because there's just a lot of things that you can do do with it and it's going to be i think it's going to be a challenge for quinn uh to figure out the minutes and figure out the roles for everybody that that that's going to be available i agree what's your thought on joe johnson and does he fill the wing need you wanted well he's the guy that i think that you can play for 20 minutes a night, uh, but those last, but the eight of those minutes are in the fourth quarter. Um, and he's the guy who gives the Jazz um, the isolation score that, frankly, they've been lacking uh, for so long. Um, uh, he's he's a guy that in the last five minutes you can give him the ball and you can say, "Hey, go and go and get us a bucket without having to set a pick for." Uh, or without having to re- really run offense for, um, you know, I thought that he was really good in Miami. He was better in Miami uh, last year than I thought he would be. Um, you know, he's more, to me, he's more of a small ball four uh, at this point in his career, especially defensively uh, than he is as a three. He started his career out as a, as a two, uh, and I think that he's kind of grown out of that. So you're going to see him play you know, the three and the four. Uh, but I think that he's a guy that's going to be in a lot of closing lineups. The thing I think is so interesting, by the way, is you mentioned Joe Johnson came to the league as a two. He could now play possibly the four. Boris Diaw, if people don't remember, was drafted as a point guard. When Boris Diaw was drafted by the Hawks, he was a point guard out of France. And he is now going to play the five. That's, that's how the world has changed. Well, if you really, if, if you know, what year was Boris drafted? Was it 2000? Was it 99? Uh, I don't have it. I'm going to go yes. All right. I'm just going to say yes and go with you. I'll find out for you in a second. How's that? <laughs> when he was drafted, it might have been. It might have been later than that. It might have been as late as he was drafted. But when he was, he was drafted in 2003 as the 21st pick by the yeah. Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. So he was a part of that great draft. So if. If people remember when he was drafted, Boris Diaw was skinny, and he was athletic. He could play on top of the rim. He could finish above the rim. Uh, and you're right. I mean, he he was drafted uh, as a, as a playmaking guard, and you know, and obviously Boris uh, Boris likes food, and he likes all of the culture that France has to offer. Uh, um, you know, wine, cappuccino, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he's grown a little bit, but he's also what he's also done has has uh, maintained um, has maintained his, his playmaking ability. Um, and you know that's the thing about Joe Johnson as well. When I saw Joe Johnson in person last year, the first thing that I said was, "Oh my God, this guy is huge!" Like you know, he's legitimately really, really big, and 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 you know, he's in shape. He's six eight, two forty. Um, but you know, he's, he's had a, you know, he's had a position to grow into, uh, as he aged and, you know, and, and you know, with his skill uh, he's still found a way to be effective. 
Uh, and that's the same thing with Boris Diaw. So right now, you know, he came into the league as a one-two, uh, but he's he's morphed into a playmaking five uh, who can really stretch you out and who can really, uh, you know, do some damage off the dribble and, and set people up with his passing. So, you know, he's another guy that, that, that brings another dimension to, to what the Jazz offer. Tony Jones, Salt Lake Tribune, uh, with us. Who will be the most improved player on the team? You know, that, without seeing the guys, that's a. That's, I think that's um, that's a tough question to answer. But I think, um, I think I, I certainly have candidates in mind. I, I certainly think that Trey Lyles is a candidate uh, from what I've seen from him this summer. Um, you know, this guy offensively has a has potential to be a monster by the time he's 23, 24 years old. Uh, and the way he can shoot the ball and his size and make plays off the dribble and, you know, just do just, just do everything offensively. Uh, Trey Lyles' ceiling is going to depend on how well, how good he becomes on the defensive end of the ball. But offensively, he has a chance to, to really be a significant player in this league. Um, and, and I look at uh, Rodney Hood as well. I think that he's got uh, a lot of room to grow. I think that if he adds some strength, um, you know, I think that he's he's going to be able to take those bumps uh, that he hasn't been able to previously take, take in the lane um, and get to the line more, uh, where previously he hasn't gotten to the line as, as much as you would like. Um, but also I think that he's going to grow mentally as well because he's going to come in the next year knowing that he's one of the guys like he's one of the guys that if this team is going to really be good as good as uh people think they have a chance to be he's gotta he's gonna have to play a significant role and i think that uh and a young for a young player 23 24 four years old um you know i think that that's uh that makes a world of difference tony have a good rest of your off season we will be spending an inordinate amount of time together starting shortly. So, you know, avoid, <laughs> avoid me and enjoy your time is what I'm telling you while you still can. Uh, I will, and I look forward to uh, spending an inordinate, an inordinate amount of time with you uh, when the time comes. All right. Thanks, my friend. That is Tony Jones, Salt Lake Tribune. Of course, today's show brought to you by Devin Cash Equity Real Estate. If you want to buy or sell a home, Devin Cash is your guy. Give him a call at 801-759-1495. On Tuesday, I will be back with you in person. Very jet-lagged and groggy, but I will be back on Tuesday. Thanks to Tony Jones for filling out. Hope you've enjoyed the series of podcasts, and we are getting awfully close to the season. If you want your jazz season tickets, go to utahjazz.com or call 355-DUNK. Have a good one. This has been Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.